Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Your home of sport. It's time on with Jack Everett. On a day where the Brownlow will be in prime time on a Sunday night. That news just in. Hello and welcome. Great to have your company for Wednesday's edition of Time On. Jack Everett joining you this hour. Later on this hour, Chris Anstey will join us after what was a really, really, really Crazy day in the NBA. A lot of footy news to get through this hour too. We'll work through some of that very shortly. And the hot topic for tonight, what does the Big Bash mean to you? There's a power struggle going on, but you as a fan, what do you think of the Big Bash? It's going to be a big hour. A couple of minutes after 6 o'clock, Wednesday the 16th of September. My name's Jack Heverin. It's a great day to be alive. Great to be with you. This time tomorrow night, we've got the match committee and then we roll into the final round of the 2020 season. It's North Melbourne and West Coast that get us underway. Hands up who didn't think we would get there untouched. I, for one, and not because I was being negative or being a naysayer, just with what was going on and is going on around the world with COVID-19, I, for one, did not think that we would resume the season and get to the end of the regular season without having to have a break at some stage. So massive congratulations to everyone involved. The AFL, the players, the club officials, the Queensland and the South Australian and Western Australian governments. There's so many other people. Well done. We're going to get a full season well, as full as it could possibly be, underway, a week off, and then finals. I'm really looking forward to the last round. There's some very different combinations and permutations that could still go down. If you're like me, you've sat in front of the ladder predictor quite a few times and worked out, okay, what happens if St Kilda win on Friday night? But then if, say, the Giants win and they only win by less than 10, and what happens if Melbourne only win by a couple? All the different scenarios have played out. It's been good fun today. We'll work our way through that across the hour as well. I mentioned Chris Anstey. He'll join us in about half an hour. The Clippers blew it. They loaded up for this season. They got their all-stars in. They had themselves set to take on the, the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals and have blown it. And you talk about comeback stories of the highest possible order. Denver for the second time in the NBA playoffs down 3-1 in a series and win. Remarkable stuff. And then on the other side, game one of the Eastern Conference was red hot. 
So we'll talk about that with Chris Anstey very, very shortly. one 736 736 to join me on the phone. 433 on the text. We'll get to our hot topic on the Big Bash in just a moment. But some news from across the day. Leon Cameron said today that he was shocked at the departure of Aidan Corr. The Herald Sun are reporting that it's most likely that Aidan Corr will be at North Melbourne next year. But similar to what we had with Rory Atkins a few weeks ago, and now Aidan Corr much the same, informing the club before the end of the season. And I suppose at least with Rory Atkins, Adelaide are going to finish somewhere near the bottom. He wasn't playing in the team. I didn't have too many dramas with it. In fact, I thought it made a lot of sense. Just be out there, be on the same page and... Just make a decision, shake hands, thank each other for your time and go your separate ways. This is a little bit different with Aiden Core because A, the Giants can still make the finals and B, Aiden Core is in their best team. So we are starting to see more and more of this, but that's the reports is that he looks more than likely to be at North Melbourne next season. Uh, Adam Saad is very quickly becoming one of the most interesting names during the trade period. Uh, reported interest from Melbourne, that coming via Fox Footy this afternoon. And AFL.com's Riley Beveridge reporting that both Carlton and North Melbourne very, very much in the hunt for Adam Saad. Uh, a few weeks ago, it seemed almost a formality that he would re-sign with Essendon. Not the case now. And seems as though he's very much up for grabs. The Herald Sun also reporting today that Nakia Cockatoo, most likely to take up a, a multi-year deal at Brisbane. Uh, he's back in Geelong now for surgery. He's got some decisions to make. And he might be another one that might decide well before time that He'll inform the club and he'll go his own way. And the umpires, I didn't mention the umpires earlier as part of the, the huge thank yous. They absolutely deserve to be thanked and they've been superb. And for some of the players that had to go and isolate, there was umpires that had to do all of the same things and have had to work under the same conditions and they've done a great job. One of the very best today, Sean Ryan, has announced his retirement. Uh, in total, he will go to the end of the year. 346 games, including 38 finals. Uh, and you would suspect that he'll get quite a few more finals because he is a very, very good umpire. And lastly, we'll be keeping our eyes on the final teams very shortly. Not only the selected teams for North Melbourne and West Coast tomorrow night, but the third and final one-day international between Australia and England. Uh, it looks pretty unlikely at this stage that Steve Smith um, will play. Was hit in the head with concussion. And given that he went through similar events last year and they were very cautious with him, it appears as though the Australian team very, being very, very cautious again. So as soon as those final teams come in, we'll have them for you on time on. But I want to start with cricket tonight. one 736 736 I understand that we're right in the middle of footy season and I understand that it's all up for grabs this weekend. And we will talk about that later in the hour. And I want to talk to you about the Big Bash zone. In fact, I want you to talk to me and I want you to let's get together. And this is a real open, honest, 360-degree sort of feedback session here on Time On. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. What does the Big Bash mean for you as a cricket fan, as a sports fan? And in fact, you may not be a cricket fan and you may have zero interest in it. That opinion is okay too. The reason that I wanted to start with this tonight is because there's been an ongoing debate between the broadcasters, mainly Channel 7, uh, and Fox Sports, who are sitting off in the, the background and just watching this all unfold as well, with Cricket Australia about the value of the Big Bash. Yesterday, the cheque arrived for a down payment of $25 million as part of their instalments, and it wasn't $25 million that was written on the cheque. It's been reported that it's somewhere between 15 and $20 million. Cricket Australia absolutely believe that they should be getting the full cheque, that they're going to put on a full summer of test cricket, one-day international cricket, 
uh, and a full season of Big Bash. The broadcasters are arguing that the Australian players are not available. They're arguing that the games are going to be played potentially in hub scenarios and therefore won't have the same crowds. And they're also arguing that regardless of COVID, the international players, which when you think about the Big Bash at the very, very start, we were littered with big names, that it's not the case anymore. There's some points to be made there and all of which are reasonable, but I'm hearing a lot from the broadcasters. We're hearing a lot from Cricket Australia pushing back and, and they're right within their rights to do so. What I'm not hearing from are the fans. And this show and this station is all about the fans. But this show in particular is the show where you get your say on all the hot topics. And this is a hot topic today and it's a hot topic tonight. Yes, as I say, we are right in the middle of footy season and on, on the eve of finals, but this has got implications that go on for the entire summer. And not just this summer, but ongoing, because I reckon the one thing that we've learned this year from COVID with AFL and NRL is that the broadcast check is crucial. And it's crucial for putting the game on at the top level. And it's crucial for all the way down to grassroots. That broadcast check, even though it's been through a thousand buckets by the time it gets to grassroots, it still means something and it's still important. And you know what I feel about grassroots sport. It is so important. So one 736 736 tonight. I want you to imagine that Channel 7 and James Warburton, the CEO, is listening. I want you to imagine that all of the administration of Fox Sports are listening. And I want you to imagine that Nick Hockley, the Chief Executive Officer in the interim position of Cricket Australia, is listening to this very show tonight. And they are listening to you. What does the Big Bash mean to you? Where is it at? How important is it in your summer? Is it what it used to be? Whatever it may be, good or bad. Uh, this is not just a, a shit can session of the Big Bash, by the way. If you've got positivity, I definitely want to hear from that as well. But let's talk about the Big Bash because it's become a fixture in the Australian summer and it appears to be, certainly from a broadcast point of view and the value of it, it appears to be under threat as we speak right now. So let's have a chat about it. one 736 736 on the phone, 0433 on the text. We start with Dale in Hobart. G'day, Dale. G'day, Jack. How you going, mate? Good, mate. Thanks for your call. Yeah, no dramas. Um, look, Australian cricket, it, it could do so much better with so many things, but it's such a quick fix, I really believe. But why don't we, I think, really believe that we've got to uh, turn the BBL into what the IPL is. And... No Indian cricketer plays test cricket or one-day cricket when the IPL is on, so we've got to do the same as the in the BBL. The Don't, way to do that... Go on, sorry. Sorry, mate. I'll get a bit of back from that. Um, so, for me, the way to do that is to shorten it. We have 10 teams. We could actually have two teams out of New Zealand, one in the North Island, one in the South. They all play each other once. You get nine games. Um, you can certainly reduce that uh, the the season into into a shorter form and bring people to the game and you know it's in the school holidays type scenario um, and then you're going to use the best triggers. The Australian summer would be finished before the BBL and then uh, you'll have the best players to be able to play in the BBL. I think, Dale, and appreciate your call. It's very much a, a left field suggestion with the New Zealand teams. It's it's not a bad suggestion. In fact, in this forum that we've got here tonight, there's no such thing as a bad suggestion. Um, to me, it's been the number one ticket item from the moment 
that the Big Bash started. And it was awesome at the start. It was revolutionary. I remember, we probably all remember when it was state-based. It was Victoria versus South Australia versus New South Wales, etc. The biggest problem that we've always had is having our very best players play in the competition. They just don't. I think I read the other day that David Warner, who's been arguably our most destructive short-form batsman in the last decade, I think he's played three games in the Big Bash from start to finish. Now, when you, when you say it like that, how ludicrous does that sound? Could you imagine saying to someone in India, guess what? Um, we've got, you know, we've got the tests on and we've got other stuff as well and we promised that we'd go and fly to New Zealand for a tri-series and all that sort of stuff. Um, or in, in India's case, we've promised we'd fly to Sri Lanka to play a, a tri-series. Can you imagine an IPL where Mahendra Singh Dhoni had played three games? Absolutely not. He's the biggest ticket item possibly ever in that tournament. If you said to someone in India that your best ever player and one of your marquee players would have only played three games, they'd laugh at you. They're probably still laughing at us now. It's a huge problem and it has to be rectified. Dale, thank you for your call. Finn's in Brunswick. Evening to you, Finn. Hey, Jack. How you going? Um, I won't take as long as the previous caller. I think cricket's the most irrelevant sport in the world. And in regards of the BBL, it goes on, or, you know, whatever it's called, it goes on for far too long. There's too many games. So, Finn, regardless of what you think about cricket, just talk to us as a sports fan. Yeah. Um, is the yeah. fact that it goes on for so sport. long does that does that basically diminish the contest in your or the competition in your mind? Do the yeah. game do the games yeah. almost sort of mould into one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I I played cricket until I was about thirty five, so I've stopped now for nearly fifteen years, and I used to love it. But there's just too much cricket, like. I think I heard that there was uh, England playing against Australia one day, and mm. it's it's like really, really like in in the middle of footy season. I mean, they're, they're playing cricket somewhere that people can't even people in Melbourne can't even go out at night. So so they're playing cricket in some country that has not got COVID. Uh, no, they, they are. So they are. I'm still trying to fin- You must. I must admit, I'm rattled that you said you played cricket for 30 odd years and you've said it's the most irrelevant sport in the world. Uh, they are playing on the other side of the world. So in all fairness, it's not as if they're playing down the street and, and no one gets to go here in Victoria. They're playing in England. Um, last night on the Sporting Capital, we spoke to Henry Moran from the BBC. They're playing in really, really strict conditions. Um, Players in the AFL have spoken about how strict their conditions are in the in the hubs that they're in. Um, it's dialed up by about 10 for the bubbles that the Australian and English cricket teams are in right now. They can't eat together. Um, they're separated over different floors of hotels and, and will not cross paths at any stage. It's another level altogether. Um, so they are playing. Um, they are doing everything they can to get their sport going again, much like tennis that has begun in, in different circumstances much like the NBA and the WNBA that have begun in different circumstances, they've got to get up and running again. So um, I give them credit for that. Uh, Finn, the, the point I do take in about the games and the amount of games in the Big Bash, I think has been a, a pretty consistent theme. Uh, Mark's in Bacchus Marsh. Mark, thanks for your call. Hey, how you going, Jack? Good. You there, mate? Yeah, mate. Come on in. All righty. Now... I'm looking at it from a different angle. I just think Channel 7 don't want to pay their commitments. I think they're struggling for cash and they're looking for an out and they're using this as an out. The reason why is 
they knew what they were getting into from day one. The Big Bash has always never had our top players playing in it because of international commitments. It's not like this was suddenly put thrust upon them and they were unaware and they were caught out. They knew exactly what they were getting themselves into. And now they're complaining? So is Come the, on. isn't this the time to fix it then, Mark? Hey, look, they've got a fair point. Like, I've always hated the fact that our international players, and I agree with the previous caller that we should be separating and segregating the um, big bash like the IPL. So there's nothing else competing against it at the same time. So we do have the best players available. But nevertheless, Channel 7 have known that under the current format, this is exactly how it's been for 10 years before they decided that they wanted it. Now, I just believe that they don't want to pay their commitments, mate. Yeah, and it's so obvious. It's not like they didn't know. Come on. No, I think there's a bit. I, there is a bit of that for sure, Mark. I, there's no question that Channel Seven, if they can find a way, and they've got reductions from the AFL, so they're probably using that as a template. And they would have seen that Channel Nine have got reductions uh, from the NRL also. Um, it's even just the way though that we're talking about that that the the best players have have never been available and we haven't seen that. That I do agree with and goes back to my point that um, that has been a problem since day one. But if if the competition is under as much scrutiny as what it is right now, and that is such a big issue for broadcasters, and what I'm reading on the text is very much the same and what a lot of our calls are saying as well, uh, in agreement about the fact that these players aren't available. Isn't there a way – in fact, isn't this the best opportunity – to try and fix it? Isn't now the time where we should say, okay, we have to find a way to make this work? Now, whether that's that the Big Bash starts earlier or whether the Test Series starts later in the summer, which it may end up having to do this year depending on COVID, or whether we try and find a way to make it work where we play our tests early and then the Big Bash after that, or we press pause, we play a three-test series early, we have a break, and then we come back to test later in the summer. There's a multitude of options, and there are people that are far smarter and paid a hell of a lot more than I am to make those decisions. But it kind of goes back to why I wanted to talk more about this off the top tonight, is that if this is an ongoing issue, and if this is what the fans are saying, and it's what you are saying, then let's put it under the hood. Let's make some changes, and let's make it better going forward. one 736 736 on the phone. 0433981116 on the text. We're taking a very good look at the Big Bash tonight here on Time On. Greg, Tom and Ray, please do me a favour. Don't go anywhere. Benny will have a chat to you in the break. Stay there and you'll be the first three up on the other side of this. Plus plenty of your texts and Chris Anstey not too far away as well on Time On. Services are attending a crash on the ring road. Greens are bound at the Calder Freeway, seeing a couple of lanes close and delays from Keeler Park Drive and reports of a collision on the Prince's Freeway near Little River with emergency services attending. Want your groceries delivered at a time that suits you? Shop online with Coles. Now offering new delivery windows to make your online shopping even more convenient. Shop at coles.com.au today. That's the latest SEN Sky Traffic. Talking trots on track. Bringing you the latest harness racing news and form with Blake Redden and Jason Bonington. Live weekdays on SEN Track. Once restrictions ease, we'll all be going for a drive. Don't go out on the road without checking your tyres first. To be 100% roadworthy, book ahead now. Tirepower.com.au 
Speedstar is one-on-one greyhound racing at the Meadows, September 16. Bet Deluxe is Victorian-owned and operated, where leading on-course bookmakers are now online. And this Saturday, every Metro race, Australia-wide, money back second and third, up to $50 in bonus. That's right, up to 45 races. And with tons of other great racing and sports promos, Bet Deluxe is the new home for online punters. Bet Deluxe, serious betting for serious punters. Visit betdeluxe.com.au. Terms and conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. Do you feel like this when you use the internet at your office? Ah, is this dialed On SEN, your home of sport. Time on with Jack Everett. When you're playing international cricket in front of no crowds, uh, I say this with, well, I'll just say it as it is, that's actually one great thing is we have to listen to the English crowds like we did for yeah. all last summer at the World Cup and the Ashes. I've never heard so much rubbish, but... Um, but it's very different. But it feels like the night before a grand final. For so many reasons, it's an important game. And we, we all understand and respect the rivalry between Australia and England. It's been incredible cricket so far. Um, and, and to be honest, we've played some great cricket. Um, we've just missed a few crunch moments. But, you know, one all in the series um, has been a really positive thing. In terms of Smithy... Uh, he had a hit today. He, he still looks a bit rusty, to be honest. So we'll, we'll give him until the last moment to play. But um, I'm not as confident now as I was 24 hours ago. Welcome back to Time On. That's Australian coach Justin Langer talking to Patton Heels today on SEN Queensland Breakfast. We thank the boys for making that available for us. And well done to them. They are absolutely flying as their new brekkie show has got underway. one 736 736 to join me on the phone. And you can send me a text. We're talking the Big Bash tonight. As I say, there's a lot of discussion going on with broadcasters, with Cricket Australia. I haven't heard too many forums where the fans can have their say. And this is yours. You know that this is always your show. And we, do, we talk about the hot topics that are going on right now. one 736 736 on the phone. Off the text, 0433981116. In your view... How's the Big Bash going? What does it mean to you? What could be improved? What does it do well? Ryan in Perth says Australia should try and play Steve Smith as a finisher, given that's where our problems in short-form cricket lies. Generally, the top order does a decent job. Ryan, that's far from the worst suggestion I've heard for one-day cricket anyway. We always associate Steve Smith with batting at three or four. Maybe he should bat five or six and, and see us home. Our middle order fell in a screaming heap in the last game. Rowdy from Park Orchard says, I love the Big Bash. It's really entertaining and, and goes for about the right length. I hope uh, Channel 7 get their stuff together so it doesn't get dropped for young so it doesn't get dropped for young and old. They'll get there. They'll get a result. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much that the Big Bash won't be on free to wear or anything like that. They will find a result, um, but there's a lot of posturing happening right now. This one, Big Bash has always been a domestic competition. The top Aussie players have never played much, if at all. And therein lies an enormous problem. This one too. The Big Bash has lost its shine for me. The season is too long and the quality is a little poor. We need less teams with more quality in them. I would rather good cricketers miss out and see average cricketers fill the numbers. And Dean says they need to shorten the Big Bash before kids return to school. It starts in early December and finishes in early January. That's what they might need to do. And Ryan in Perth says, I'm 22 and all my mates agree we would rather watch Shield cricket over Big Bash because it feels like it has more worth in terms of the national team because Test cricket is the most important format. T20 cricket is a gimmick uh, and is irrelevant at international level. I'm with you. I don't think it's got a huge role to play at international level, Ryan. But at domestic level, I reckon it, it does have a big, big role in Australian cricket. And you go to any local club and... 
I'm not involved as as much as I used to be in my own club, but it's the big bash that the kids are talking about. It's the big bash and, and the players within it, they're the ones that the kids are, are copying most of the time in the nets right now. Greg's in Blackburn. Greg, thanks for holding on, mate. G'day, Jack. And there's the conundrum. So 10 years ago, the big bash was really brought in to get children involved in in cricket because it's a hit and deal game. It's quick and they can have that attention span. The problem is with every, um, like Channel 7, you've got to have the advertising revenue. So they target advertising to the 13 to 21-year-olds. If that drops off, which we don't know, and it's not paying their way, then they've got a real problem. They do. And this is the the problem that a lot of uh, media outlets are faced with right now. And, and, you know, I know there'll be people saying, oh, poor old media, but it's Greg's brought it up. So it it is hard at the moment. Um, Businesses don't know what they're doing, so they can't advertise because... And I'll use car dealers as an example. Why advertise if you're not open right now? A lot of them aren't doing that. And and I understand that completely too. Um, Channel 7 will want certainty because what they'll want is the best possible product. A, because they believe that that's what they should be paying their money for. But B, you can then go to market and advertise and, and try and attract advertisers, I should say, to this amazing glittery product. And perhaps it's their belief at the moment that that's not it. The thing is now, this has played out so publicly. How do you then go to market when you've acknowledged that if not much changes, that it's not what you thought it was going to be? It's a really, really interesting period for for the game and for the broadcasters involved in it. Greg, thanks for your call. Tom's in here and has also been holding on patiently. G'day, Tom. G'day, Jack. How's it going, mate? Good, mate. Yeah, good. Um, look, I'm going to um, just uh, pause on the BDL for a second. But, like, the as far as the scheduling goes and uh, I hope the CEO is listening to this because um, I've got some I've got a ripper for him if the domestic <laughs> season starts in October like you say the week after the um, AFL grand finals done obviously not like this year but like I the, if they go back to playing a shield game and then like two days later playing one day cup they can have one day cup done before December have that break in, like, there's no cricket after, say, the Boxing Day test, give your BBL your 20 days, go back and, like, you know, you look at the way that the county cricket does it, um, yeah. oh, like, I don't see why that's not a model that we should follow ourselves. I think there's there's merit in it, um, and it was a long time ago now, Tom, but I lived overseas and, and they did exactly that. They didn't compromise either competition, and there's a way to do it. I mean... They made sure that the tests had access to the, the best players for obvious reasons. But then they also made sure that, like you say, that there was a window and they got a lot of their four-day games out of the way early. And that was frustrating for players and for fans because early in the, the English summer, there could, be a, <laughs> there could be a hell of a lot of games or days that were lost because of rain. But they got all that stuff out the way and played a, a significant chunk of it. Then they pressed pause. They'd play a series of tests. They'd, play, they'd press pause They'd all run around in the T20 competition and then they'd go back to Red Bull a bit later on in the summer. The players can make the transition. They, they've spoken about this in thousands and thousands of interviews that they've done in the last 10 years, that with a few hits or with a few net sessions and just getting your eye back in and used to facing the, the Red Ball again or used to bowling with it, whatever it may be, but they can make the transition pretty quick. If you give them a week or two to do that minimum, I reckon it's very, very achievable. Tom, thanks for your call. Uh, Ray's in Adelaide wants to talk about the Big Bash. Hi, Ray. Yeah, 
G'day, Jack. How are you going, mate? I'm good. Yeah, look, uh, to me, look, uh, I think the, they've got to be greedy, you know, because when it first started, it was okay, yeah, there was only, you know, X amount of games, but it's like four times as many games, and every night it's um, um, halfway through the game, I think, oh, I can't be bothered watching this, because uh, like one of the previous callers said, to me, Sheffield Shield cricket, um, that's that was the, the pinnacle, and that was the... Uh, Victoria, South Australia, Queensland, Western Australia, that, that was something interesting. These new sort of um, corporate teams that they've made up, it's, it's not uh, real stuff. It's uh, fairy floss cricket. And, you know, when, when you watch it, I can watch it in Perth, and I hear, Dale, 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 I come on, I want to go home. So people sing that, yeah. Hey, that was my favourite song. I'm 67. But I was five years old when that was my favourite song. <laughs> yeah. So look, isn't there any bands in Perth or Queensland or Victoria that, uh, and they'd have to pay rights to play that every time. But it's so boring. I think, Christ, well, the game last night was uh, sorry to um, say that, but uh, the game last night was in Victoria. Uh, um, tonight it's in South Australia. Day oh day. I thought, <laughs> Oh, come on, give me a break. Yeah, um, it probably does need a bit of a reset, doesn't it? Um, There's a lot of different things that could be done during games. Uh, The Melbourne Renegades, um, I I reckon, are as good as any in the competition when it's come to trying things, whether it be the halftime entertainment with the motorbikes and stuff like that. And again, there'll be cricket purists, and and I'm a cricket purist. I'll happily admit that. But I'm okay with seeing some different things like that and bands playing during the, the halftime breaks. I reckon it's the forum to try these things, Ray. I, I, I do see what you're saying, that they could try some different things. It's a forum to try things, so why not? Let's have a look at that. Paul's in Parkdale. G'day, Paul. G'day, Jack. How you going? Good. Yeah, look, I, I, I want to say, you know, obviously I'm a, I'm a test cricket fan, and I think the cricket authorities have got the whole scheduling wrong, for starters. They should bring back a test match in the Adelaide, at Adelaide Oval on the Australia Day weekend. But having said that, as you pointed out, the kids enjoy 2020 cricket, so there's a place for it. But I will not be watching it unless there's the best players playing. If Shane Warne's playing in a test match, I'll watch it. If he's playing in a 2020, I'll watch it. If they don't get the best players, there's very, very little point at all. And so, so that's one point, if they haven't got that. But also, when I follow sport, I want to be invested in it. Like in the AFL, if I'm a Richmond supporter, I want to be loyal to the team. If this is just like a a money spinner, and you've got players in the big bash going from team to team. You'll see like Cameron White or a Victorian playing in the South Australian mm-hmm. team and skipping around. I'm not invested in the sport. I tried to like it, but I, I, it doesn't mean anything to me if it wins or loses. It's just like a flick on the TV. You might as well watch Netflix. Oh, it's, it's the hardest thing with franchise sport is that players are going to move and, and use Peter Hanscom as an example. You can't imagine Peter Hanscom being anything else other than a Melbourne Stars player. He'll be at the Hobart Hurricanes next year. Um, that is very, very difficult, and that's going to happen more and more. And, Paul, I agree with you. I reckon on that, if you go into the, uh, to the say, the game starts at 7 o'clock, if you've got the mindset at 20 to 7, oh, who's playing tonight? Oh, yeah, the big bash is on. Who's playing? You don't really know. That That's when you know that the games aren't meaning enough, and we've got to try and find a way for them to hit home more. There's a vast amount of suggestions and solutions that have come through off the text. Every one of them has been superb. Thank you for all of your calls. And there's about a, no word of a lie. What are we up to there? 157 texts we've had this hour about the Big Bash. So you're clearly passionate about it one way or the other. 
That's something we're going to continue to follow here on Time On. Next, we talk NBA. Chris Anstey to join me here on SEN. On SEN, your home of sport. Time On with Jack Heverin. Get it. Shot clock winding down. Murray puts up a three. Bang! Jamal Murray from downtown. It's an 18-point lead. 36 for Murray. Jokic on the steal ahead to Grant. And the Nuggets pouring it on. Welcome back to Time On here on SEN. An extraordinary day. A remarkable day. There's there's so many things to talk about from the two games that we saw today in the NBA. I don't even know where to start, to be honest. I should start by welcoming in legend of Australian basketball, Chris Anstey, one of our great mates here on SEN. Chris, welcome back to the show. (laughs) Jack, thank you very much. And it was just, it was, it was incredible. So many stories involved, so many unexpected things happening. It's just been this NBA bubble has just been something else, and I, there was a little bit of trepidation coming in with, with any sporting fan, I think, but the, the season that it's turning out has just been incredible. And we've got our genuine underdog now in the Denver Nuggets, don't we? They're the first team ever to rally from 3-1 down twice in the postseason and win their respective series. It's just an incredible sense of belief in that group, and it's funny, you start to look for the why, and They've actually, they're the best team. They get along best. They've been together or the core of the group has been together longest. And you look down and anyone, you know, a lot of people use that word culture, but you look down the bench, you look when they're behind and they're still engaged and they're playing hard. And Jamal Murray's a 23-year-old superstar that has improved since he got to the NBA. And Nikola Jokic is the, you know, the, the slow, big white guy that everybody <laughs> doesn't think can lead an NBA team to a title. And they've, you know, those two guys and, and their supporting cast have carried the Nuggets, like you say, from two, three, one deficits to break up the, that LA matchup that everybody or most people were hoping for. And I, I think they're really enjoying being the team that nobody wants there in their own work. So is this the, the, the genuine dictionary definition of the team of champions versus the champion team? It really is. In my opinion, it's just that they stuck together and a lot of teams down 3-1 go into the tank. We get out of the bubble in the next day or so and they just don't have that fight. But Denver have done it twice now and even Mm. if you compare them to the Clippers who most people pick to be the the biggest challenger to the Lakers and a lot of people had them as favourites to win the whole thing but when it got hard for them, they got worse. So that you know, the cracks appeared. Paul George didn't defend. The, the bench got quiet, and you know, it looked like they were really looking for the finish line. So I just think it's full credit to Denver and the, the stories of them, not the Clippers. How much mental toughness does it take, and mental strength does it take when you're in a situation now twice that Denver have been, where the series isn't going your way? Um, you, know, you know what it's like. The, the ball drops in when it's going your way. The ball goes off the rim when it's not going your way. You get the whistles that you want when, when things are working your way. All of those things. How much mental strength does it take, though, to keep your head in the game and, and keep your head in the series like they have? You know what? Steve Nash said it best in his press conference, I think, when he got appointed as the head coach of the New Jersey Nets, when he said, 
you know, the sign of champion teams and champion players is how well they perform when they're I think we might have just lost Chris. We might just give uh, Chris a buzz back. Benny will just give Chris a, a buzz back and see if we can get him going. We just lost him for uh, a moment there, but it's remarkable. We're just talking about the, the mental toughness that Denver have shown. 104 to 89 was the end score today. They were just far too good. Chris, I think we've got you back now. I'm not sure what happened. But you just mentioned Steve Nash, and when he mentioned just the other day that champion, you know, champion teams and champion players can oftentimes be measured on how well they're doing when they're performance plateaus. They don't drop their head. They keep battling. They find a way to fight through it. Don't let it get worse. And I think most people in Australia, most basketball fans in Australia were really, really hoping the Utah Jazz would close out that series so mm. they could continue to watch Joe Ingles you know, progress through this thing. But most people were surprised that Denver got over Utah. But um, at the end of the day, they're the number three seed for a reason. They've got an extraordinarily deep team and They've just pulled out. They've just been able to do something that no other NBA team's ever been able to do before. Uh, before I let you go, the other game today, gee whiz, if that's if game one is what the Eastern Conference Final Series is going to look like, this <laughs> this is going to be the most must-watch TV of 2020, I reckon. You know what? I got heavily criticised when I tipped Miami to beat Milwaukee. I, they've just been tooling up well, and yep. again, get back to a team that's close. To in that bottle and Jimmy Butler, and they've been there before. They've added veterans. They're not going to beat themselves. And Boston, at the end of the day, are extraordinarily talented. They're led by a 22-year-old in Jason Tatum. And if I could pick one little flaw that I think Boston need to get better at, it's not continuing to do what they've been doing to get to the lead. They've been very perimeter and shooting a lot of contested jump shots down the stretch. So they're going to have to beat Miami. Miami aren't going to beat themselves. And you talk about underdogs, they're a number five seed coming in and we mm. could very, very well see Miami uh, in the NBA finals if uh, Boston aren't careful. Just before we let you go, we have spoken a lot about the Denver Nuggets and, and what it meant for them. What does this mean for the Clippers? I should have asked you that earlier. What, where are they at now? They, they were chips in on this year and this season and, and getting the players to the team that they have. What happens next? Uh, I think they need to resist the urgency to make drastic changes. You know, They've had a year together now. Even LeBron didn't win a championship in his first year at Miami or the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, they've had that year together. They need to consolidate, maybe add one or two pieces, but uh, stick the course. They're going to be right there next year. Always great to catch up. Thanks for your time tonight. Good on you, Jack. Chris Anstey, a legend of Australian basketball and one of our great mates here on SEN as well. It was a fascinating day of basketball. And at a time where there's not a, an enormous amount of sport going on around the world... Um, to have two games today the way they were was a real treat. Denver winning the series against the Clippers, 104-89, to 89, winning 4-3, as I mentioned before, from 3-1 uh, down. And Miami winning game one of their Eastern Conference final series, 117-114 to 114 over Boston. No game tomorrow, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Friday morning. It'll be Miami and Boston in game two. And then Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Denver and Los Angeles do battle in the Western Conference Finals. That is going to be an extraordinary series. Stick around. Plenty more to come here on Time On. We'll catch you up with some of the other stuff from across the day that you might have missed. On SEN, your home of sport.
I'm on with Jack Heverin. Yeah, and they're going to be, you know, they're nothing to lose sort of attitude, I, I believe. And their forwards have kicked some goals and bags in the last few weeks and their um, midfield is up and running as well. So um, we can't take them lightly, but I still think that if we play the way we want to play um, and our midfield gets some dominance and we, we get it in quickly to our key forwards, that we're going to um, be able to kick a winning score. So we can't tread lightly. They've got a few stars that have, have really proven themselves over a long period of time in, in Fife and Monday. Um, but uh, I think, like I said before, I've got enough confidence and belief in our team that if we play the way that we've been training and, and playing the last couple of weeks, that we'll get the job done. Good to have your company on Time On. That's Mitch Wallace from the Western Bulldogs. What a fantastic season he's had talking in the lead-up to Saturday's game against Fremantle. It's a very, very simple equation for the Dogs. Must win to be involved in September action. With that in mind, let's check in with Bet Deluxe, serious betting for serious punters. And, of course, we always urge you to gamble responsibly. Paul Sebastiani joins us once again. Paul, welcome back to the show. Jack, how are you, mate? Hey, I'm excellent, thank you. First and foremost, let's talk market moves. How are the Saints in particular being supported by the market in the lead-up to their game against the Giants? Yeah, very well supported at uh, betdeluxe.com.au. About a dollar seventy-five into a dollar seventy with the punters here, and the GWS Giants just getting out now to the uh, two dollar and fifteen cent quote, Jack. And we've got a little special actually on that game that's just been announced for the punters. Uh, Jeremy Cameron, two goals or more into a Giants win. So if you want the Giants mm. to win, Jeremy Cameron, two goals, five dollars on offer at betdeluxe.com.au with a max bet of 50 bucks. Oh, I love the sound of that. And uh, an AFL promo for the last round, I believe, involving the first goal Absolutely. score. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, so if you back any player in the last round to kick the first goal of a game, money back if your selection loses but actually kicks a goal in the first half, and that's money back up to 50 bucks as well, Jack. Outstanding. Paul, thank you. Have a great weekend, and we appreciate your work across the week. No worries, mate. You too. All the best. Paul Sebastiani joining us from Bet Deluxe. Serious betting for serious punters. Gamble responsibly. And if gambling is a problem for you or someone you know, please call 1-800-858-858. The teams are in for Thursday night footy. Uh, the West Coast Eagles have made four changes as they get set for what is really their last chance. Well, it absolutely is their last chance, but there's still an opportunity for a top four finish, and they're going to push pretty hard for it. Dom Sheed back from a hamstring injury. Brendan Archie back from a finger injury. Um, Bailey Williams is going to come back into the team as well. So a bit of support for Nick Natanui in the ruck. Jeremy McGovern out of the team with a hamstring injury. Uh, the youngsters, Hamish Brayshaw, Xavier O'Neill and Jared Brander have all been dropped. And good luck to Luke Foley, 188 centimetres. He's a defender. He's going to play his first game for the West Coast Eagles. Hell of a time to be making your debut. Pick number 31 in the 2018 National Draft. Uh, he got a chance. I'm remembering this off the top of my head here with him. I'm just checking too. He played as an overage, a 19-year-old. Didn't nominate for the 2017 draft for uh, various reasons. He's from the Sorrento Duncraig Footy Club and uh, recruited from Subiaco. So there you go. Luke Foley, good luck in his first game tomorrow night. We'll have the rest of the teams for the rest of the weekend tomorrow night on the match committee. Still no word on Steve Smith, whether he lines up for Australia in the third and final one-day international. That game being played at Old Trafford in Manchester. Um, 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So if you're staying up late tonight, I certainly will be. You stay up late and check that out. Off the text, 0433981116. Chris says that it's just been reported on 7 News that Dale Morris is going to work in the commercial operations uh, at the Dogs after being cut from the footy department, which is really, really good news. Very deserved and great to see that he's staying at the club. Last night on the show, we spoke about Mark Harvey at the Bombers and how he 
He's going to be in a new and, and repurposed role next year. Really, really important to keep good footy people at your club, and especially those who understand the, the heritage and the importance and the, the history of your club. And I love what the Western Bulldogs have, have done here with Dale Morris, that uh, he's, he's not gone forever and he's just going to be in a new role. Who knows what it looks like in 2022 and beyond. Next year is going to be a bit of a struggle for teams, I reckon, and for clubs. But 2022 is a long, long, long time away. Keep your good people around and and keep them available. It's really, really important. Thought this was interesting today. This is Rob Chapman, the chairman of the Adelaide Crows, speaking on SEN about whether the camp, this now infamous camp, uh, not only does it haunt the club, but the scrutiny around it. It is the most scrutinised environment I've ever been involved with, and that's running banks, working within government in in high levels that uh, have a big impact on economies. But it's just so emotional, and and it impacts so many people's lives. And, you know, people care about their football team probably more so than a lot of other things in in their lives. And, uh, you know, that's great. I I love the passion that, that comes with it, but it also creates a lot of expectation and it does put a lot of pressure on a football club and uh, the players feel it, coaches certainly feel it and, uh, you know, increasingly administrators. Very, very interesting conversation that one today with Jared Waitley. I would strongly advise that you download the podcast and have a listen in full. It's available now at sen.com.au and however you consume your podcast. Massive thanks to everyone for all of your calls and all of your texts tonight. The Big Bash in particular... I'm really glad we did that. The one thing that I can see is that you care. If you didn't care, you wouldn't have called and you certainly wouldn't have sent north of 200 texts on the Big Bash tonight. So if Cricket Australia are listening or the broadcasters are listening, the fans care. They just want a better version of it. Thanks for being with me tonight. Big thanks to Benny Palmer for looking after things as well. Tomorrow night, we're back from 6 o'clock with the match committee. Terry Wallace will join me and then we'll wind into the sporting capital after that. Stay safe. Look after each other. See you tomorrow. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.